Welcome back to the Community Christian Church Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Kerry Latticer as we continue our series, Jesus Is. Community is one church in four expressions, meeting in person and online around the globe. We call Chicagoland our home, but you can celebrate and join us from wherever you are. For more information, head to communitychristian.org. Famous people make a big entrance. Typically, the more famous the person, the more grand the entrance. For example, in the U.S., no one is more well-known than the president. And when he makes his entrance, people notice. In fact, when the president travels, it's classified as a military operation. Several cargo jets travel ahead of Air Force One. His motorcade consists of 40 to 50 cars, many of which are bulletproof. A mobile hospital is on hand, and a counter-assault military team stands ready 24-7. Now that is an entrance. But it's not just the president. We expect big entrances from our celebrities, too. For example, it could be argued that celebrities' arrival to the Oscars is just as exciting as the show itself. Well, except maybe this year. But think about it. The red carpet, the fanfare, paparazzi, commentary over hair, dresses, and shoes. It is a big deal. Now, as much fun as the Academy Awards could be, some would argue that a top favorite celebrity entrance is when Lady Gaga famously arrived to the 2011 Grammy Awards in an egg. Yes, an egg. She was carried to the event in a giant egg only to emerge when she gave her performance. But I know not everyone is into the Grammys or Academy Awards, so how about a sports tradition? How about walk-up music? This is where a portion of a song is selected to set the tone for them stepping up to the plate or into the ring. The bigger the name, the longer and louder the song. Now, I really like the idea of walk-up music, and so I've asked my creative team to embarrass me by selecting some music for me to walk up to. Now, I don't know what music they picked, so I'm a little nervous, but we'll see how this goes. Okay, here we go. You're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Wow, that was uncomfortable. What do you think? Should should we keep that? No way. Thank God I don't ever have to do that again. But the truth is, we expect big name people to make big time entrances. And really, I think we're surprised when they don't. For example, Keanu Reeves is a pretty famous guy, but he's well known for doing ordinary things and not making big entrances. People are often shocked when they see him pulling into the grocery store or walking into the subway. In fact, as a culture, we are so shocked by these scenes that we'll often see articles in the national media about how crazy it is that someone famous would do such ordinary pedestrian things. But maybe you're wondering, why are we talking about this today? Anyone wondering? Okay, good. Here's why. If we're shocked by seeing Keanu Reeves pumping his own gas, then we ought to be completely mind-blown when Jesus makes an entrance. After all, Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. Jesus has all power and all authority, and yet he doesn't behave at all 
in the way that his fame would afford him. In fact, I would argue that the humility of Jesus is perhaps one of the most shocking realities in all of human history. Now, if you're just joining us, we're in week three of this series titled Jesus Is. And to clarify who Jesus is, we're looking at the New Testament of the Bible where the words of Jesus and the eyewitness accounts of Jesus are told. But there's actually one place where Jesus tells us directly about the makeup of his own heart. And what does Jesus say? He says, I am gentle and humble in heart. Now, last week, we explored what it means that Jesus is gentle. And if you missed that, I would encourage you to take some time this week to watch it or to listen to it on demand. But this week, we're going to ask the question, what does it mean that Jesus is humble? Well, looking to someone who had his own firsthand encounter with the resurrected Jesus, the Apostle Paul gives us a picture of how we can see and experience the humility of Jesus. Paul's writing to the Christ followers in the ancient city of Philippi, and his writings are thought to be one of the earliest Christian hymns. Now, leading up to the part about Jesus' humility, Paul is encouraging the Philippian Christ followers to be like Jesus in how they treat one another. He writes this way, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, fortunately for us, Paul doesn't leave the Philippians guessing about the mindset of Christ, but instead he gives us three powerful examples for how we can better understand the humility of Jesus. And for starters, the mindset of Christ can be seen in the position he took in choosing to be with us. Paul says it this way, Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. What Paul is saying is that Jesus, who was himself God, didn't consider that position or status something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus didn't lead through his position. Rather, he emptied himself. He made himself nothing. To be humble is to willingly and selflessly selflessly take a low position. And the word most often used for humble in the New Testament, it's not referring to the virtue of humility, but humility as a state of being. Sort of like how Ted Lasso isn't just kind, he embodies kindness. In other words, it's not just describing the quality a person has. It's talking about a way of life that that person embodies. It's who the person is. It's the same word Paul uses when he tells us in Romans, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Now let's contrast that with the culture today, because we're often caught jockeying for the highest position, aren't we? I mean, have you ever been to a preschool performance for a kid you love? It is so wild watching adults run over one another to get to the best seats. Or how about when you're boarding a plane? People rush to get in line just to get there and what? Sit on the plane? (laughs) Or how about a dinner with a special guest or with someone of importance? 
It's common for people to gravitate towards the important people or to want a seat at the head of the table. But Jesus, he didn't operate that way. He was the opposite in that he willingly took on the lowest position. And get this, this wasn't something that was done to him. It was the position that he chose. He emptied himself of divine privilege and glory to become an ordinary human being like you and like me. And not only did he willingly step into a lowly position, he chose to set aside the very privilege that came with himself being God. Paul says, by taking the very nature of a servant. Now, this one is hard to grasp because even in the flesh of a human being, Jesus deserved to be served. He deserved to live a life of privilege. He was and is the king with all access and all authority. Friends, there's no room he couldn't get into, no table he wouldn't be the head of, no political or earthly power we could ever comprehend that he couldn't exert authority over but instead he chose to be a servant. Now this word privilege, it's one we're hearing about a lot these days. And please stay with me, don't check out here. We're talking about privilege in the broadest sense, a sense that we can all relate to in some way. Essentially, privilege refers to any special right, an advantage or access that each one of us holds. Consider with me that in some places around the world, women and children don't even have say over their bodies. So one could say that body, bodily autonomy is a privilege. And so is the av- ability to vote or spend money or to have access to education. These two are privilege. But here's what Jesus says when it comes to privilege, especially the privilege that we have in him. James and John, two of Jesus' closest disciples, come to him, and they ask to be seated on the left and on the right side of Jesus. Essentially, they're asking for greater honor, for privilege and prestige. But Jesus responds by saying this, "'You don't know what you're asking,' Jesus said. "'Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with?' We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. Let me pause here for just a moment and say the obvious, ouch. Seriously, can you imagine hearing a rebuttal like this coming from Jesus? But if that wasn't awkward enough, check this out. When the 10 heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. Their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Do you hear how different Jesus' mindset was from James and John? 
I can't help but wonder if we were to do a little self-reflection here, how many of us share the mindset of James and John and not Jesus? Unfortunately, as much as I want my mindset to be more like Jesus, it's a lot more like the mindset of those guys who want to sit at the right and the left hand of the king. But Jesus says to them, and he says to me, not so with you. That is not going to be your mindset because it's not mine, Jesus says. In a former life, uh, I flew on airplanes quite often, actually about three to five trips a month. It didn't take long for me to rack up status with the airline. And do you know what comes with status on an airline? Perks. Uh, I flew in first class for the first time when I was in my early 30s, and it ruined me. I quickly grew accustomed to all the perks, the privilege of riding in first class with all of its leg room and elbow space and upgraded snacks. And then one night there was a trip when I missed my flight home and I barely got rebooked on another plane. I was so relieved that I was going to make it home that night to my family. But I'll never forget how the walk to seat 42D felt on the plane. Honestly, I had some frustration and annoyance rise up in me as I took my seat. I realized that the perks had created some expectation for privilege in me. I'm embarrassed to admit what I was thinking as I took that walk was, don't they know I'm platinum status around here? Now, fortunately for me, that story is in my past. But if I'm honest, I still have moments where I grasp for privilege, when I know Jesus is calling me to serve. Ultimately, privilege or access are things that all of us carry to varying degrees. And Jesus shows us what it looks like to steward our advantages on behalf of others who have less to give up the seat at the front or the opportunity to be with the important people, to pass the microphone to those who haven't had a voice, to advocate for the marginalized with the access that we have. We have an invitation to grow here, to become aware of the status or the privilege that we carry and then to use it to serve others, not just ourselves. It's an invitation to learn to steward our privilege on behalf of others as Jesus did. In fact, the exchange between Jesus and his friends ends with Jesus saying these words, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And those words right there, they bring us to our final example of how we experience Jesus' humility in Paul's letter to the Philippians. Jesus displays a radical humility in how he lives out his purpose. Paul tells us, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Ultimately, Jesus humbled himself because what mattered most to him was the mission. That was the purpose for which he came, the purpose for which he died. This decision, this ultimate act of Jesus' humility made it possible for us to find our way back to God. His humbling himself to death on a cross 
It was humiliating. It was scornful. It was a shameful death. But it was also a loving sacrifice, a relentless pursuit of us, and emptying out and a laying oneself down for our sakes. But make no mistake, this act wasn't a game-time decision or something that took Jesus by surprise. No, this act was planned out from the beginning of time and confirmed 1,000 years earlier by Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus' ultimate act of humility on the cross was an act of love. It was an invitation to reconciliation so that we can reinstate the relationship we were always meant to have with him. This ultimate expression of Jesus' humility is the good news of the gospel. Jesus' humility in his posture, his privilege, his purpose has made a way for you and me to experience life to the full. The humility of Jesus made a way for us to be in reconciled relationship with God, with those around us, and even to ourselves. And there's even more good news about the humility of Jesus. Jesus' humility means that Jesus is approachable. Even here and now, he wants a relationship with you, and he doesn't want anything to get in the way of that ultimate hope. When a famous person makes their grand entrance, there's no way you could approach them. You'd be tackled by security. It's designed to create distance. It's designed to set them apart from everyone else. But that is not how Jesus operates. The king of the universe humbles himself, moves towards us, and removes all barriers. In fact, Jesus' close friend John records these remarkable words about our humble king. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. A friend is approachable. You don't need to phone ahead or text ahead when it's your friend you're reaching out to. You just reach out. You just stop over. Author Dane Ortland says it this way, For all his resplendent glory and dazzling holiness, his supreme uniqueness and otherness, no one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus Christ. The bottom line here is that Jesus emptied himself and humbled himself so that he could move towards us. And no matter what your position, no matter what your access, no matter what your influence, Jesus gives you purpose, even purpose in your pain. No matter who you are, no matter if you feel like a least or a most in this world, in Jesus you belong. As the saying goes, the ground is truly level at the foot of the cross. Jesus welcomes every one of us here, and he stands among us as one who is gentle and humble in heart. I want to wrap up today with a question for two different groups of people who are joining us here. 
First, for those of us who have found our way back to God, for those of us who know Jesus as friend, here is my question. How can we embody his same mindset, his same gentle and humble heart? Let's go back to the passage we began with when Paul says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. This isn't just a reminder or some pie-in-the-sky romantic ideal for us. This is a flesh and blood reality that we see fully expressed in the position, the privilege, and the purpose of Jesus. And it's also an invitation for us to become like Him. Jesus models mind-blowing humility. And as his followers, we are called to be his body, his hands and his feet, representing him and representing him to a watching world. And when the watching world is able to experience Christ's humility in us, he will be able to carry out his mission and his purposes in and through us. So let's do that. Let's have the same mindset of Christ when it comes to our very own position, our privilege, and our purpose. And to those of you who have perhaps not yet made the decision to follow Jesus, but this picture of his humility has caused you to want to know him more. I want you to know today, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that he wants to know you and to be known by you. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you and to lead you in His ways so that you can experience the full life that you were always meant to live. My question for you is this. In two weeks, we'll be celebrating people saying yes to Jesus in baptism. I really don't want you to miss out on this opportunity or to delay this important step of faith. And so my question to consider is this. Will you consider taking that important step on your journey of following Jesus? Again, if this picture of Jesus' humility has caused you to want to know him more, I pray nothing will deter you. I want to encourage you right now in the chat to visit with one of our prayer team members and take that next step. We would love to get you signed up for the next class and to reserve your spot for baptism. Would you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for the model that Jesus gives us of what it looks like to share your heart, to share your mindset. God, I do pray for those joining us here who are are curious about Jesus. Father, I pray that you would draw them to you. I pray that you would meet them with your presence. God, that you'd give them courage and boldness to pursue you with everything that they have. And God, for those of us who are on the journey of becoming more like Christ, would you show us what it looks like to embody the ways of Jesus so that we can make you famous in this world? God, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you'd like to take a next step, head to communitychristian.info. If you'd like prayer, please text the word PRAYER to 331-226-1686 and a member of our prayer team will reach out to you. To give financially to community, head to givenow.cc. Thanks for listening to the Community Online Podcast.